are listening to Fuel for Thought, a Houston Clean Cities Coalition podcast. Clean Cities is generously funded by the Department of Energy and hosted within the Houston-Galveston Area Council. Here are our hosts, Andrew DeCandis, Gilbert Washington, and Ben Finley. Take it away, Andrew. Hello, and welcome to HGAC's Fuel for Thought. I'm Andrew DeCandis, one of the co-coordinators for the Houston-Galveston Clean Cities Coalition. Today, I'm joined by the other co-coordinators, Gilbert Washington Hello. and Ben Finley. Thanks for listening. Our first few podcasts covered where clean cities came from and what clean cities means to our region. The next few podcasts will be focusing on each of the alternative fuels that clean cities focuses on. Later, we'll hear from Ms. Susan Shiflett from the Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance. The NGV Alliance is an organization that helps companies expand into different natural gas technologies and helps with finding grants to help those companies make the switch. But first, let's do some self-promotion. Not only does the Houston-Galveston Clean City Coalition offer these podcasts for everybody, we are also posting some webinars on our website. Our first webinar covered how to fund alternative transitions during difficult economic times. Andrew, could you give us a brief synopsis? Uh, Sure. We know that it's already difficult to transition a fleet to alternative fuels with COVID-19 and other economic concerns this difficulty has only increased. And we wanted to see what strategies are available to help ease the pain for fleets within our region. Our thanks go out to our presenters, Ms. Allison Cunningham of Natural Gas Vehicle America, Mr. Nate Hickman from TCEQ's TURP program, and Mr. Michael Conklin from Centerpoint Energy. And how did it go? It was well attended for the first attempt at a webinar. There are still a few wrinkles to iron out before our next one, but overall it went quite well. Please go to our website, houston-cleancities.org, to hear this and more webcasts. Once again, the website is houston-cleancities.org. And that's all one word, houston-cleancities.org, which is the same website that you can use to join our coalition, to find out other information regarding our coalition activities, our stakeholder meetings. And our membership is free, but we hope that you'll volunteer to help us out in other ways. Stay tuned for our membership shout out because now it's time for the interview. Gilbert, tell us about Miss Susan Shefflett. Thanks, Ben. Three of the alternative fuels we look at are propane, compressed natural gas, which we call CNG, and liquefied natural gas, which we call LNG. These three fuels fall under natural gas. I thought I'd reach out to Susan Shiflett of the Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance to gain a better understanding of the world of natural gas. Today, uh, we are talking with Ms. Susan Shiflett of the Natural Gas Vehicles Alliance to get a better understanding of the power of natural gas. When I first started in Clean Cities about a year ago, Ms. Shiflett was the chairwoman of the group for our Houston region. Susan, it is truly a pleasure talking with you again and welcome to Fuel for Thought. Thank you. Before we get into the questions about all the differences of natural gases, uh, tell us more about the Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance and how it came about. Sure. In 2010, the Greater Houston Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance was created with four sponsors, which were Apache, Southwestern Energy, Centerpoint, and Anadarko. And the goal of the group was to promote natural gas in transportation markets. In 2016, 
the Texas Railroad Commission had disbanded the Alternative Fuels Research and Education Division, which was promoting natural gas through the state of Texas. We recognized that there was still a need to do this promotion. The Greater Houston Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance decided to take its efforts statewide and we rebranded ourselves to be the Texas Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance. We are a 501c6, which is a business trade alliance, and our main goal is to educate and promote natural gas in all aspects of natural gas transportation, whether it be marine, locomotive, on-road, off-road, and we are also the group that can go ahead and lobby for the natural gas vehicle market in the state of Texas. As far as in the Houston region, how did you see a need for the alliance within the Houston region? In 2010, it was created because at that point, the Railroad Commission was promoting propane gas through the state of Texas, through Houston. The four original sporting members felt like nobody had a voice for the natural gas group. So that's when they created it locally. Through the years, they would host bi-monthly meetings. They would also do events for fleets, and they would do some safety events as well. That's kind of how they originally came about. So this is the 10-year anniversary. Oh, my gosh, well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> what a year to, uh, yeah, to celebrate the 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that's the one good thing this year, huh? <laughs> How has the alliance changed? Has the focus shifted? Any- the focus has shifted to include more versions of natural gas. You know, it includes compressed natural gas or CNG. It includes liquefied natural gas, LNG, and the newest and the fastest growing component in our industry is renewable natural gas or RNG. We've also tried to expand into other markets instead of just being the on-road market like we were originally focused on. We've tried to expand more into the off-road, the locomotive, the marine. A lot of virtual pipeline or mobile pipeline projects are happening right now and even in the oil and gas industry, refueling of the electrification like gensets and the other machinery. There's a big push in the oil and gas industry right now to do electric frack uh, Mm -hmm. machines, and they are utilizing actually natural gas to power those machines to create the electricity. So, I mean, we've had to kind of change with the times. It's great that you mentioned all of those variations of natural gas, because now I do want to shift Let's get into the basics for those that do not know. What would be the way that you would explain natural gas in general? What is natural gas? Natural gas is methane. You have some other components that are in it, but it is primarily methane. I like to tell people if you live in the city and you have gas, that's natural gas that's coming into your home. We are using the same gas in the vehicles that to power them down the road. Compressed natural gas is compressed on up to about 4,500 PSI pounds per square inch. Some pressure comes off it to be about 3,600 once it goes into the vehicles, and that's what's powering CNG vehicles. The liquefied natural gas is a cryogenic process that is very, very cold, but it liquefies the natural gas back into a liquid state. You get more fuel per volume of the tank. And then the RNG is renewable natural gas, and that's, like I said, the fastest growing market right now. 
the RNG can come from a number of different things, whether it be a wastewater treatment plant, some sort of ag dairy farm. It's a natural source. It is actually right now the cleanest available fuel to users out there. If those fuels are considered natural gas, what term do you use for regular gas that people would put in their cars? It's gasoline and diesel. Diesel is really the competitor. I mean, all the engines have gotten cleaner, but diesel still produces a lot of NOx and a lot of particulate matter. If you look at just the chemical component of it, it has much more carbon and hydrocarbons in it than, let's say, natural gas. We've all done our parts to get cleaner throughout the years. Diesel's really our main competitor when we discuss the alternative fuel market. I think we, we should start branding it as the unnatural gas. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so other than uh, the state of gases, what are the differences between natural gas and diesel? Basically, you're going to have two kinds of natural gas. You're going to have pretty much the fossil fuel natural gas. You drill for it, and it's part of the whole process. CNG, which is natural gas, is compressed to a higher pressure. There's LNG, which is just liquefied or taken cryogenically to become a liquid. And then you've got the renewable natural gas. Call it biogas. And that's really the two different types. When you go to get CNG in a vehicle or even RNG, you're going to be utilizing the same pumps. There's not a pump that's specific for RNG or a pump at a CNG station. The RNG is piped into the natural gas pipelines, and then it's dispensed out to the vehicle. LNG is different because of the cryogenic process. It's a different pump, nozzle, station. There are liquefied natural gas stations that do vaporize it to become CNG, and those are called LCNG stations. Most of those stations you're going to find in Texas are going to be CNG, and they can be sourced with RNG. For consumers out there that just may be curious about natural gas and how it would work in their vehicle, would you say that natural gas provides more power than diesel? I have some natural gas users that say they do. You know, and you're going to have your diesel guys that say they don't. I will tell you the Cummins natural gas engine is actually developed it to follow the diesel port ratio. Mm. Their whole goal was to make sure there was not any type of difference in between. As far as power, it could depending on what you're carrying. I mean, if you're carrying cotton balls or cement, it's going to make a difference, possibly. All actuality, the engine has been designed to be where there is not a difference. And I'm certain with all fuels, there are certain advantages that you'll receive from every fuel. None is perfect. Right. That's why there's not just one. If, if that was the case, we'd all just be using one fuel. For natural gas, what would you say are the advantages, as well as maybe some just some disadvantages for fueling vehicles and equipment? We have progressed as a society. We've got gasoline and diesel stations on basically every corner. Natural gas, although it's not a new fuel, it's one of the newer fuels, and there's still a lag in station development. That can make it hard for certain fleets to be able to utilize it before anybody looks into it or makes the change to it, look at their routes. If they have a consistent route that they know and their stations along the way, perfect. Mm -hmm. But if they have routes, for instance, let's say that goes from Sweetwater, Texas to El Paso, I can tell you that 
that area is void of a station. That could be a tough route for a fleet. And I encourage that even not just for refueling. I encourage that even if they are looking to do any of our grant programs in Texas, whether it's HGAC's grants or if it's TERP, really pay attention to the routes because if your routes are not going to coordinate with the CNG stations and where they're located, you're not going to be a happy customer. That's one of the disadvantages. The other disadvantage is, although there's some progress being made as far as engines, right now we have one supplier of our heavy-duty engines. That can be tough. To get an engine certified, created, and developed, ready for sale, that is a lot of expense and work. And we have a lot more coming on board, but that can be a downfall too. One of the other things is we have struggled, like all alt fuels, we have struggled with the maintenance side and having that trained mechanic, we have struggled with that for so many years. And like I said, all alt fuels have. If we could get more mechanics or more truck shops interested and trained and certified to work on these vehicles, takes out a huge. So yeah. those are mostly the downfalls. So there are several benefits. Obviously, it's a clean, clean fuel. Mm-hmm. It's produced in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Texas is the number one producer of natural gas. We're fortunate that the price is stable. It doesn't fluctuate like gasoline or diesel. And it's a widely used fuel. We have a lot of vehicles on it that have been running on it for years and years and years. So we are past the experimental phase of Mm -hmm. natural gas. Right. Yeah, it's very practical in today's time, which I think is a huge advantage. You've already kind of given us an explanation of the different types of natural gas from CNG to LNG and RNG. If you could give us instances where each one of those would be beneficial for a certain situations, such as long-haul trucking, short-range delivery, drayage, warehouse activities such as forklifts. How do you see those fuels being beneficial in those circumstances? I think what we all need to pay attention to is the fact that one of our biggest goals, period, is to reduce emissions. The new CNG engines are 0.02 grams per knot. That's the cleanest engine available. What we are seeing is when it's combined with RNG, renewable natural gas, we're actually getting negative carbon intensity scores. So it is literally cleaner than electric, and I know people hate to hear that. But I will say, (laughs) every fuel has its marketplace. That's just Mm -hmm. fact. And we all need each other and work together to go ahead and reduce the emissions for our air quality. Long-haul trucking, once again, if you're going to do long-haul trucking with CNG, if you're not a dedicated route, you're going to have a harder time. Dedicated routes, you know what you're doing. The Clean Transportation Triangle, I-45, I-35, and I-10, no problem getting gas. Even down to Laredo, no problem getting gas. Corpus, no problem getting gas. Beaumont, no problem getting gas. More West Texas, that you're going to have more of an issue. So long haul, you just need to make sure your routes coordinate with the stations. CNG and RNG, perfect for that. Drayage is good for CNG and, and RNG. LNG really has come on strong with the marine, the mining, the locomotive. The heavy, high-horsepower engines are Mm -hmm. where LNG is really making a strong point. Previously, it was with long-haul trucking because you could, as I mentioned earlier, you could get more fuel into the tank and go for a longer distance. 
the biggest thing about that is when you do go buy your trucks, make sure your dealer knows what they're talking about and let them know your mileage so they can appropriately design your truck for fuel capacity. The forklift industry is strongly dominated by propane. It is a market that is moving somewhat towards electric, just given some of the warehouses and the components of what they are looking to do. We do have a local Houston-based group, Building Products Plus. They're a member of the alliance. They are actually using natural gas forklifts. I believe HGAC helped with one of their grants on these forklifts. They are a large lumber yard. We have people doing it there, but for the most part, propane dominates that market. School buses in Texas have not really taken off. There's a handful of districts in the Houston area that have done natural gas. For the most part, propane's dominated the school bus industry. It's a good fit. However, we are seeing a shift. There have been some newer gasoline engines that have been promoted in the school bus industry, and that's an engine that transportation directors are familiar with. A lot of times they can go down to the local auto parts store and get the components for it. We're seeing kind of a step back, but it is a cleaner engine in comparison to the local diesel engines. Drayage is a perfect market for CNG or RNG. That's pretty much it. No, that that's great insight uh, for sure. I think I think you you explained the the functionality of natural gas for all of those situations, and it's interesting to see how it takes shape over time. Let's get back to the alliance. And what direction do you see your group moving forward in the near future? Well, near future, I can tell you, we start legislative session in January 2021. Texas meets every other year. We actually are in the process of filing a bill to help expand one of the CEQ TERP programs to include pre-owned vehicles. We feel right now there is a market need for used vehicles. Some of the smaller owner operators cannot afford to purchase a brand new truck, even with their grant. There is a secondary market that we are hoping to create with the used or pre-owned truck market. Basically, one of our alliance members, Freedom CNG, has tested the waters in this market and is having a good luck with it. We are hoping to be able to get grant funds for a portion of the pre-owned vehicle paid for. A lot of these owner-operators operate day-to-day. Those trucks are their livelihood, and they bandage them until you can't imagine. So they're some of the dirtiest trucks out there. And we're kind of overlooking their contribution to our air quality issue. We feel like this will be a win-win situation. We are not looking to request any additional funding. It is basically uses the funding that's currently there under the Texas Natural Gas Vehicle Grant Program. We figured we're going to be capturing the dirtiest trucks, putting some cleaner natural gas vehicles out there, creating a, a market for the used pre-owned trucks. Now it is 2020, and we'll have to see what 2021 brings us as far as legislative year. Yes. Well, that's exciting stuff. I wish you guys the best with that. And we always like to close out our interviews with a question. What question didn't we ask that you would like to answer? Oh, what am I cooking for Thanksgiving? How about that? Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get get me too hungry. I haven't haven't had lunch yet. Choices. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to thank you so much for taking the time. If our listeners would like to get more information about the Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance, or if they would just like to join the alliance, then please visit their website, TexasNGEAlliance.com. That's correct. And all that information will be available there. Susan, thank you again, and I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you. Y'all have a great one, and thank you for this opportunity. Talk to you all real soon. Well done, Gilbert. Our coalition has a debt of gratitude to Miss Shiflet. Not only has she served as an officer, but she has been vital to organizing, preparing, and managing several of our past conferences. We could probably do another interview with her discussing how to organize and conduct a conference. Yes, yeah, Susan was extremely knowledgeable. And now it's time for the Free For All Forum. This is the part of the podcast where the three of us will chat about clean cities, topics, events, and other stuff. The three of us have unique perspectives, and we always encourage free flow discussions. And as always, stay focused, Ben. <laughs> I will. Let's see, Ben. What is your take of this interview? I want to go deeper into the question of power. Let me pose this scenario. If I had three equally sized cubes, each filled with a natural gas fuel, how would you rank them? Sure, power would be an important factor, but how about other factors, such as length of burn, emissions, price to manufacture the fuel, and market price of the fuel? Either of you wish to take a stab at ranking my imaginary cubes? Well, Ben, I certainly wouldn't want to go on record answering that without doing any definitive research, but uh, I'd probably begin my search at the U.S. Energy Information Administration website, the EIA. But let's redirect the conversation to the topic of safety. That's an interesting redirection, Andrew. My father converted his pickup truck to propane back in the late 70s or early 80s, and my mother was always afraid that we would die in a movie-like explosion if we ever got in a wreck. <laughs> there has been great safety advancement in CNG tanks and storage over the past decade. In fact, in the trucking industry, the CNG tanks are inspected and certified. Honda has had CNG motorcycles and numerous CNG scooters on the market for a while now, though I think they are primarily used in India. If they had movie-like explosions, you'd think we would have heard about them by now. Do any of you know about converting a personal vehicle from kind gasoline of. or diesel when to CNG? When my dad converted his truck to propane, he had to sacrifice about a fourth of his truck bed to lug around the old propane tank that kind of looks like he stole it from some farmer. But do keep in mind, that was back in the late 70s. More recently, I've been looking at conversion kits for my little MGB, trying to convert it from regular gasoline, or as the British would say, petrol, into CNG. The people I've been talking to remind me that the conversion kits would not allow us to change the fuel tank into the CNG fuel tank. The CNG fuel tank would still need to be reinforced and in order to do that, I would sacrifice some of the back seat, which is non-existent in an MGB, or sacrifice a portion of the trunk, or as the Brits call it, the boot. Also, all the companies I was looking at to perform the conversion kit 
guaranteed that not only the kit but also the CNG. I know the Clean Vehicles Program able to has done a huge CNG grants. What does LNG look like in our region? Well, it's hard to say. I know that there are HGC Clean Vehicles Program. I don't believe that we've actually done any LNG vehicle replacements. However, there is LNG operating within the region. We have one station that sells LNG out in Baytown. I would expect that there is probably some usage in drayage or other sort of port activities, but I would guess it's definitely less than CNG. As Susan said in the interview, LNG is really advancing in the marine industry. I'd sure like to see additional LNG usage in our port systems, even at the airports. Indeed, I think that would be great. This brings us to another question, the question of cost. Alternative vehicles and equipment appear to be considered as specialty items, at least the dealers believe so as evidence of their price tags. Yeah, they can certainly be expensive, and shifting a fleet to alternative fuels is an investment, but luckily there are several grants out there to help offset the investment. One could learn a bit more about this from the podcast. And we do have a section on our coalition website that keeps tabs of open and pending funding opportunities. And through our coalition newsletter, we also often point out those sorts of grants that are available as well. Let's end this topic with the emissions of CNG. I like how Susan mentioned we need to keep sight of the overall purpose to help improve the region's air quality. One strategy we use is to replace diesel-fueled engines with alternative fuel engines. I guess the question really is, are the natural gas engines an overall lower emitting engine than the diesel engines? I see where Ben is going with this. If the Houston area is classified as non-attainment for ozone, and we know that engines powered by traditional fuels have a higher emission of NOx, then yes, the natural gas engines are cleaner where it counts in NOx and emissions. But natural gas fueled engines may have higher emissions of other elements such as carbon dioxide and particulate matter. Therefore, it could be said that as we transfer engines to natural gas, we are also transferring the emission from NOx to something else. And we do need to keep an eye on our emissions here in our region to make sure that we continue to improve air quality and produce a safe and a healthy environment for the citizens in our region while maintaining a good economic balance. This process is another thing that the Clean Cities Coalition does. Which brings us to the stakeholder shout out. Our stakeholder shout out goes out to Freedom CNG specializing in commercial fleets, municipalities, school districts, and other high-volume users. Freedom CNG provides clean and affordable CNG through multiple fueling sites throughout the Houston region in order to reduce America's dependency on foreign oil and to improve the air quality of Texas. For more information, please visit their website at freedom-cng.com. Once again, that is freedom-cng.com. Yay! All right, thank you for listening to Fuel for Thought. Join us for our next episode where we continue to focus on different alternative fuels. 
You've been listening to Fuel for Thought, a podcast of the Houston Clean Cities Coalition hosted within the Houston-Galveston Area Council. Our special guest was Ms. Susan Shefflin of the Natural Gas Vehicle Alliance. All music and sound effects were provided by Mixpad Masters by NCH Software. Million clicks, I can already see it. Well, tens of clicks. <laughs>